Can anxiety be a barrier to self-expression? How do you tap into your desires and manifest your dreams? These are just some of the subjects that I covered in today's episode with Inkem. And if you like it, make sure to check the show notes for her free writing workshop this Saturday, September 9th called Meeting Your Inner Child. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Courage to Be podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Vasayo. And each week, I will bring you amazing guests so that you can tap into the courage to break out of all patterns and live your soul's purpose. Before we get into this episode, if by the end you enjoyed it, please follow, rate, review, and share the podcast so we can reach more people. Because here's the thing, I'm on a mission to close the gender gap in the podcasting world so that more and more women's voices are heard. If you feel that this is something you value too, then please take action by rating, reviewing, following, and sharing the podcast. We can only do this together. Check out the link in the show notes to see how this is done. And make sure to stay until the end to claim some free gifts I have for you. Welcome back to The Courage to Be, where we have powerful conversations to transform your life and your business. And today we have Inkem, and I am not going to pronounce your last name, but I would love for you to say the full name because your last name I just found out is has a beautiful meaning. So Inkem. Hi, thank you for having me, Tanya. Yes, my name is Inkem Chukumarija. And for those who are curious about the meaning of my last name, it means may God continue to bless us. So I think that's like a nice way to start. May we all be blessed in this conversation. What a powerful last name. May God continue to bless us. That is great. So Inkem, talk to us a little bit about courage in leaving circumstances that look perfect on the outside or on the surface and just following your heart and having the courage to follow your heart. Cause I know you've done this several times in your life and that way we can weave in your story a little bit. Yes, sure. Thank you. And I'm super appreciative of this, of the topic of your podcast courage. It's something that is like, if we, I don't know, sometimes we think about courage, it's like forceful almost, or something that is very active and almost like attributed to the masculine more. But what I've experienced in my life is courage coming from a place that requires me to be soft and listen to myself and to not have to overdo to earn what I believe is right for me or what feels good for me. And just practically how that has looked, I think a lot of my travel experiences have led me to coming to this conclusion. So I I think I'm coming to sort of the end of kind of 10 year stint of solo travel. I started when I was about 19, I was still in school, going to different countries or being in different countries and taking trips on my own. And then Shortly after that period, I moved from New York to Korea to teach English. And then I moved to Abu Dhabi to teach again for a couple of years. And then I moved to Mexico to do my own solo traveling adventures and just kind of do the nomadic way fully and become an entrepreneur and all of that. And in each step, I was required, of course, to have a courageous spirit and a courageous heart because I've, I was around a lot of people who didn't understand <laughs> how I live or what I was doing. So it kind of, I think I've always been a, a very courageous person, but those specific experiences brought that into light for me. And now I just kind of carry my courage in a different way. Well, I love that. And I love that you can acknowledge within yourself of having that courage, you know, that you consider yourself a courageous person. So let's just go deeper into this. Tell us a little bit of maybe some of these key point stories in your journey 
of when it required that you had a certain amount of courage to move forward despite whatever the circumstances and the people around you thought. Yeah. So probably everything that I mentioned will be within the container of creative wellness, because that's just where my heart is. And it has carried me through all of my situations and circumstances. And to be a creative being is to be a courageous being. That's the way that I've experienced it. That's how I feel from thinking of specific instances in my life where I have been brought into this courageous place in my heart. It probably started when I was really young and just creating things for my own visualization, right? Like there's the copy this, you know, make this in art class, or there's the create what you want. And I've always been a more choose your own adventure, create what you want type of chick. So I think that requires something courageous, but as a child, it wasn't necessarily felt as, okay, I'm stepping outside of myself to do something that might be considered unfavorable to many. That feeling only came later with a lot more conditioning, a lot more, you know, like losing that essence, that spark, that child spark of mine. But still, I think the courageous spirit is there, whether or not it has this kind of like positive tone or this negative tone to it. And moving overseas, I think that like those experiences of moving to different countries and in different cultures required some courage and adventurousness, of course, but it's all coming from the place within the heart, like the same place where I create the things that I love to create as an artist, you know, like you see something in your mind that you want to experience, like living in life and creating art is the same for me. You see something in your mind that you want to experience, or you feel something in your spirit that you want to experience. And so you have to, at some point, create it, right? Like you have to find a way using the resources that you have to create the thing that you want to, that you want to manifest or that you want to experience in your life or that you want to hold in your hands. You have to create it. And for me, that creation energy comes through the heart. And it's also the same place where the courage comes through because without courage, then I don't think you're really going as far as you want to take it, honestly. Yeah. I hope, I hope that helps. That gives us something to work with. <laughs> yes, it definitely gives us stuff to work with. And it's interesting that you say that because the courage comes from the heart. I want to make a note of that because courage comes from the word from heart and French. So that there is, it's courage I, is there. So thank you for sharing that. I'd like to hear... You just said when you see something, you know, how everything comes from your imagination and you create it, it's that creativity. Talk to me a little bit more about creativity and how you see it in your imagination, because I don't think our average listener might not know this, might not have tapped into it, because I also think that we get conditioned as kids, like we might have this crazy imagination when we're kids, but as we grow older and many people think that they don't have creativity. You know, the lawyers, the doctors, the left brain type of person might believe that they don't have that creativity, but I disagree with that. I think we're all creative beings. And, and it's such a key point that you mentioned that you see these things in your mind and your imagination, and then the heart follows and you have that courage to step in and you have to let the spirit, you know, like fulfill it is what I was getting from you. Mm-hmm. But I'd love for you to share that in Ken, because I don't think everyone feels it in the same way or mm-hmm. takes 
you know, has the courage to follow those dreams, or maybe doesn't even, it's gotten so conditioned that they don't even think it's creativity and they push it to a side. Let's talk a little bit about that of how that process is for you. Like when you've had that imagination or that pool of, I need to travel or I need to go. Can you tell us with a story of some sort, like how that showed up for you? Yeah, sure. I know that you love the storytelling and I appreciate that because sometimes I could be a little high level and forget that like these insights come from real experiences. So I appreciate that request. The first thing I want to say is that, I mean, absolutely right. Like when it comes to people feeling like they're not a creative, I, I have it in my family all the time. Almost everybody tells me in my family, like, you're the creative one. I don't have those creative talents. I can't do that. Can you do this? Can you make this? You're the creative one. But I'm like, do you not see how creative you are, <laughs> you know, to create the life that we ha- we are living together, just in the case of a family, like we are all extremely creative because we're all making choices every single day. And when we make choices from a place of inner desire or something that wants to be called something that's calling us from a beyond place, from an inner place, from an emotional place, we are making creative choices every single time. I have so many stories because it literally happens every single day that, (laughs) you know, like what, what I want to experience, it comes from my inner experience, what my inner desire, but okay, I'll give you a specific story. So this past summer, I went to Puerto Escondido in Oaxaca, Mexico for a few weeks. It's a place I've been a few times and I always kind of feel called back to the land there and to the spiritual energy there. And in the place where I was staying, um, they had this beautiful terrace at the top. It just overlooks the ocean. It's so gorgeous and you just have trees and it's a place where you want to dream. And of course I was dreaming because who doesn't love to dream when dreams want to be dreamt? That's kind of how I take it. And I got this idea to host some creative embodiment classes there because I have this passion about yoga and movement and energy work and um, energy cultivation for ourselves, for our own wellness. And bringing that in together with the creativity, I think is super powerful because creativity is not just about crafts or art or having it or not having it. Everybody has creative energy because that is what has created us and that's what we're made from. So that is what we express every time we do something is creative energy. It's just about what's the quality of our energy and how do we feel when we're wielding this creative energy? Are we able to work with it or is the energy that we have or is it distorted diluted is it not working in the way that we want it to work in order to bring forth the things that are meant to happen in our lives so doing this creative embodiment work is so fun and it's so beautiful and also you come up with some really gorgeous some really gorgeous written pieces because I like to use writing and also moving your body in ways that maybe you haven't done before so with all that in mind I mean that's what I wanted to experience with other people who are also coming to Puerto Escondido for their own reasons and knowing what kind of energy is already in the space. I was like, yeah, I wanna host some classes. And in that case, that was me having this visualization, this imagination of being with a group of people on that beautiful terrace in the morning, some days during my time there and guiding them in a session that feels unique and meaningful for all of us included, having this beautiful view, being supported, not just by me as a guide, but by spirit and by nature and by the air. And But to do this, of course, it requires that I open up myself to other people joining me for this adventure and to look at how do I make this happen? Because there's that inner desire experience. And then there's the practical aspect of making it happen. And I think when it comes to 
moving that creative energy from just wanting or dreaming to actually living it, we are the vehicle. We're like the middle, the bridge for that. And we need to then look at the resources we have to make it happen. So after that, I reached out to the manager of the space and I was like, hey, this is the idea that I have. Is it possible? One thing at a time, you know, like for very practical, if we're looking for those practical, one thing at a time, is it possible to do something like this here? He said, yes, this is what we can do. And we came up with a little bit of a structure just to organize it. So we acted as business partners in that sense. And he helped me with the space and we communicated and I had people joining my sessions for the couple of weeks that I was there. And it was so beautiful for all of us because I intended for it to be that way and because the space was open. So I think that inner experience, that inner desire was almost like, in a sense, this is a bit tangential, but sort of like reaching into the collective and seeing what do folks want in this space? What is possible to happen in this space? And how can I be a vehicle to allow for that to happen? Because I know that in some of those sessions, people reached things and released things within themselves that maybe wouldn't have happened in the same way in another kind of situation. So I think whenever we're in an experience where we have an inner desire to create something, sometimes it's not just for us. Um, sometimes it's for the people around us too. And I, I want to pause, but now the thought is coming to me that, you know, when we go into an experience of creating something, especially something that is pleasurable and beautiful, and we know that there's going to be a benefit directly for us, some of us, especially women, can go immediately into saying, oh, that's going to be selfish. If it doesn't have a benefit for other people, you know, innately, then it's going to be a selfish endeavor. And maybe I should put it on the back burner or I should make it like a secondary uh, priority you know, in relation to all the other things that I have going on in my life. But you don't even know how much that pleasure and that beauty can bring to people beyond you, you know, while also bringing pleasure and beauty to yourself. So it's not always selfish. There's a lot of things that I said in that space. Yeah. So much that I appreciated. <laughs> There's so much wisdom and golden nuggets right in there. Okay, let's dive deeper into <laughs> each, each part of it because I was like, oh, I want to pause her right there. What's that about? So how do we tap into that creativity and into our desires? And do you feel like they're part of the same thing or are they different things? You know, like first comes desire and then the creativity or vice versa. Like what tips can you give to our listeners or anyone that doesn't consider themselves creative and as well as listening to our desires, it's especially for women, we mm -hmm. tend to think like, oh no, first we have to take care of our kids' desires, our spouse's desires, our family's desires, you know, like everyone else's desires. And like you're saying, it becomes almost like selfish. If I have a desire and I, God forbid I fulfill it, you know, or I follow through with it. So let's talk a little bit more about tapping into our creativity as well as tapping into our desires and Kim and like what your thoughts are about that. Yeah. I mean, I would say from my perspective, all of it is nonlinear, right? Like this idea of do desires come first or creativity? I mean, the creative energy is everything. So there is no linear objective with creative energy. It's just everything that we are. It's everything that we create. It's everything that we move through. It's in all of our conversations. It's like the impetus for all of our interactions with ourselves, with other people, with life, with the animals, with with 
air and space and spirit and everything it's that's the creative energy it's like something is always being made even if it is like a new insight that happens after a conversation a conversation is an intangible thing and I'm breaking it down like that because many of us feel like if we're not creating something with our hands then we're not creative it's very limited thinking to believe that you know creativity only comes from what you can create tangibly with your hands or I never wrote a song, so I'm not a creative person, or I don't know how to play an instrument, so I'm not a creative person. In my own experience, I personally love arts and crafts and doing all the things with my hands. And so I can make a lot of things with my hands and make music and do all of that stuff. I just allow that to flow through. But even still, I know that those things are just, they're all instruments. Like they're all just tools to allow whatever energy I'm feeling within me to come through. Because I also have experience on the other side where I would not allow that energy to come through. And this is kind of tagging into what it might feel like for those who feel blocked creatively, what this creative blockage can mean. And it's not a blockage as though I don't know what to create. I'm not creative, but there is so much energy moving through me that it's not moving in the right direction that I feel anxious, that I feel worried, that my eyes are always looking. I'm, I'm like super hyper vigilant about what's happening around me and how I should act in this way. It's hard for me to align my thoughts and my heart and my words because I'm actually in the world in a way that is misaligned to my true experience, which is to birth creative birth creations through the words that I use, through the conversations that I have, through what I create, through writing, through dancing, through painting, through cooking, through being in the garden, through the dreams that I have, through the programs that I create, whatever, whatever. And what I'm saying is just like very, just top of mind. There could be so many infinite things. And that's the beauty of when we are in our creative power and our creative authority, new creations can emerge in the world that haven't been emerged yet because we are in this element of fear, trying to only follow what has been created. That's not it. There is so much more. And we don't know because you, listener, you have that thing that no one else has. You have that perspective that not a single other person has. And that's why we need you to follow that. But Tanya, coming back to your question of like desire, how do we feel that desire? How do we allow for this creative energy to flow? And how do I guess start the process if we're in a place where we feel that we're not creative or we have that sense of recoiling instead of expansion? I would say it's to slow down. Like it's always in my perspective to slow down and meet yourself exactly where you are. Something I tell myself every single day. So if I wake up and I'm feeling a little worried, anxious, already feeling like I have to scrap something off the to-do list as soon as I open my eyes, I'm like, all right, noted. I got it. That's how I feel today. I'm just feeling like energy is moving ahead of me and I can't catch up. And I don't know why, but I'm not here to question why. I'm here to just be with myself in this experience. And after that, other things start to emerge. So I think coming to a place eventually of being in our ultimate creative power, we have to really learn how to be with ourselves and allow information and energy to flow through. Like a lot of it is in the allowing because our society has conditioned us to be doing, 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 but we're not even listening to what we're doing. We're just doing, but what are we doing? Like what is actually fueling our doing? It's that ability to allow for that energy to be with us first before we can take aligned action. This is fascinating. I know we could do three hour long podcast on this whole subject. I love the perspective you're bringing into it. 
because I was going to ask you, do you feel that anxiety is a lack of self-expression? Because I feel like the way you're talking about creativity is a way to express ourselves. You know, it's as human beings, we're human beings that it's spirit in, inside these bodies that need to express, that need to bring the non-physical into the physical world. Right. And to me, that's self-expression too. It's creative, creative energy is this self-expression, like you were saying, whether it's the cooking, the playing an instrument, drawing, doodling, speaking, it could be poetry, it could be writing. I mean, it comes in so many forms, shapes and forms that every human being is creative. We're being creative every single moment. But going back to this, do you feel that anxiety is that lack of self-expression, you know, and being in that place of fear and worry, like you were mentioning before, you know, like we're getting ahead and just Mm -hmm. blocking that energy to flow through us. Yeah. I mean, again, I always have to say this is coming from my own perspective and lived experience. Mm -hmm. That's why it's important, right? Because everyone's perspective adds something. I would say that it's about misaligned expression with anxiety Mm -hmm. and people's anxiety shows up in different ways. I, my version of anxiety, I didn't even know that I was experiencing anxiety until my heart organ, my pericardium, this area of my body, my chest was going through it too. So it was like the body that actually told me something is not right here. And even after going to um, the hospital at the time, this was back in 2020, of course, and getting that checked out, I was like, nothing is wrong here. What do you mean nothing is wrong? Like, I can't breathe. (laughs) I can't move. I'm struggling. And I didn't know that was actually anxiety. So I had to go to a deep dive to understand what is this thing that they call anxiety and why am I experiencing it? And I attributed it to a lack of alignment in the way that I was allowing my energy, my own personal life force energy to be in this world. So I was actually just like allowing other people to use my energy and yeah, giving them the access to me that I wouldn't allow myself full access to is something I'm continually working on. And anytime in life that I feel there's some sort of resistance, I have to question, how am I resisting myself? Am I even breathing fully? Am I allowing myself a full breath or am I truncating my breath because of some reason? Then I have to, you know, be at that space with myself and see how I can allow more. What is it that that I need to release? That's a a little bit of a separate topic. But coming back to the anxiety piece of it, um, once again, I, I do believe it's about misaligned energy because we can feel that we're doing all the right things, but when we come down to what does right really mean and who said that this is right versus another arbitrary thing or another random thing that we haven't thought of. And maybe it's our mom, maybe it's our mom's mom, (laughs) you know, maybe it's society, maybe it's the president or whoever is the governing force where we're at. Maybe it's our boyfriend, maybe it's our girl, you know what I mean? Maybe it's just not even really us. So I'd say it would would come down to like how energy is misaligned rather necessarily than like energy being blocked. But I don't know if it's this or that, right? But I would just say that that it's about misaligned energy. I think you're spot on with that. I'll come back to this one. What happens when you don't allow this creativity to come through for you, you know, like, is that part of the misalignment? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that you can get sick. I I don't want to spin it like, you know, do this or bad things are going to happen. But just speaking from my own experience, I would consider that I had become quite spiritually sick. And for me, 
that meant that, okay, I distinctly remember like before 2020, I had two versions of myself, distinctly a version in my head that would say the truth. And then there would be this voice that comes out of my mouth that is telling untruths or putting myself in positions that would force me to tell untruths or force me to have to scramble to get out of those situations that I didn't even want to be in the first place. And it could be anywhere from going to dinner and and paying, you know, all this exorbitant amount of money to be with people that I don't even really care to be with just for community or just for this or just for that to being in certain relationships that were completely misaligned, right? Like those are all creative decisions because we are creating a life or like a, a life path through those decisions, but my heart didn't want to be there. So I was really like not listening to my heart in those cases and misaligning myself because my heart is, was always trying to bring me back to what felt good and right and sacred and pure and happy and joyful for me. And I would say, no, but this is happening, or maybe I should just do this, or maybe this will lead me to that. And the heart has always been saying, no, you will be led right if you listen to me. So after a lot of time of not listening to my heart, I mean, I'm putting it in this framework as well for those who appreciate feeling into the self as like in, in more of the psychic way, the heart started yelling or starting, try, you know, trying to really get my attention, which is why I had those somatic issues. And also at that time in my life, I moved from Abu Dhabi to Mexico to do uh, my own nomadic entrepreneurial journey because I just felt like I needed to go deeper into my own creative experience too and bring that to the world in a different way. So I think like, yes, like there's a big connection between the anxiety that we feel and how we don't listen to ourselves and have that allowance to come through. Thank you for sharing that. I can feel your energy. Like there's so much awareness in your beingness and who you are. And I wonder have you always been this way or is it something that you've cultivated? Like, do you allow space and time for your creativity and for that connection with yourself? Like, what are your daily habits? Like, is, is that something that that's included in your daily habits or how have you come to this place? And Ken? Mm -hmm. I appreciate that question. And thank you for seeing me in the way that you do. I mean, it's always a reflection of ourselves, right? So Absolutely. I make time for my creativity every single day. It's imperative for me. But I think most recently in the past couple of years throughout this nomadic journey, I've learned that creative wellness is important to me. It is crucial for me and not just to be in creative spaces, doing creative things, which is also important, but to do it in a way that like my wellness is intact because I have been in situations like when I was younger, I was a fashion designer and I was just super passionate about making clothing and my collections and all these things. And I would be on that machine sewing until the hours of the morning. I don't even know what, not eating, just have something on in the background, just continually bent over the sewing machine, poor posture, not eating, not taking care of myself, you know, and that is not contributing to any wellness. And if I do that from age 10 to however old I would be doing that, how will I actually take care of my body to make sure that I can enjoy this passion that I have for as long as possible? So now I have this more of awareness of, of my well-being, my holistic well-being, but specifically as it relates to my creativity, because I know that that's 
the only way that I want to be in the world is if I'm creating things and having fun doing it. And so some of my own personal practices, I mean, it's like, I have like a bank of personal practices that I choose from, which according to what feels good when I wake up, it's writing, of course, and there's movement, taking a walk, being with nature, writing poetry, enjoying a coffee. It's like anything that really allows me to tap into my sensual pleasures and what wants to be expressed in that time. But it all really starts from listening to my body and listening to myself to see what's needed. That is awesome. You mentioned before, and I operate in that same way. It's like before I even get out of bed, I ask myself that question of, how am I feeling today? Like what's there? You know, is there that little bit of anxiety? Is there fears? Am I tired? Is my body tired? Am I fully energized? Yeah. And I love that you do that too, you know, because that's where I'm perceiving that level of awareness that you have. And I think in particular that you have that level of awareness because you've cultivated it too. You know, you do yeah. make time for yourself. You do make time to explore how you're feeling, what are you sensing right now, tapping into that sixth sense. I want to hear a little bit more because you are so creative and I, you're oozing creativity, you know, and obviously this is your specialty. This is what you, you teach. And, and we'll share a little bit before we're done with the interview of this upcoming workshop that you have going on, you know, because I think the listeners will benefit a ton from it. So you make time every morning, you wake up, you allow that space for the creativity to move in one way or another, you know, whether it's poetry, whether it's sipping on your tea or you're moving, whatever it is for you, how can we tap deeper into our desires? You know, going back to this, because I know we talked a little bit about it, but I want to go deeper into how do we tap into our desires? What is it that I want? I think this has been so beaten out of us, you know, and specifically for women, I can speak for myself, you know, sometimes I wonder, you know, I'm like, what is it that I want? I'm, I'm all focused on my husband. I'm focused on my kid. We just came back from five weeks of traveling. So I was focused on both of them. I was focused on my parents, my family, you know, like everyone else's needs and what they wanted. But sometimes I forget about what it is that I want and kind of tuning into that. So what would be some tips for all of us, for myself, for the listeners, for everyone? How do we tap deeper into our desires and follow through with them? Yeah. Wow. I mean, you said the word tuning in and I feel like that's it. I mean, I always come back to meet yourself where you, where you are. And sometimes I feel, again, in this society that's like very masculine, that wants us to do, 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 and put in the effort in order to receive some outcome, we forget that, especially as women, especially if we feel connected to a more feminine, receptive energy, that we can lean into that. As, you know, when it comes to attuning to what we are and who we are, it's all about listening. And that's the foundational experience for being able to meet our desires and eventually follow through with our desires is that we always have to be listening, listening inward to ourselves, to what we are actually saying, to what we're actually meaning. And also, where are these desires coming from? In my experience, every day I realize again, oh, a nuance of that desire that I think I so deeply want, it's not even my desire. It's not coming from me because what I want is peace and simplicity. 
And, you know, whatever that looks like in this realm will be what it will be. But if I think that I want something so deeply, it, it may not be that. So some of us may experience that, you know, we think that we want to for instance, travel the world and, you know, like go to all these places and see all these different cultures and do all these things and trust and believe that is a very beautiful, uh, meaningful experience. And also it's not for everybody. So sometimes folks think that they want to experience that, but what they really want is to be able to fully release responsibility of anybody else for just a moment. That's what they really want. But instead of being able to experience that in the present moment, no matter where they are, it's like this huge or projected desire of wanting to travel the world and doing all these things. And I mentioned that because our desires are, are I think they're, they're really pure and they are truly connected to our heart. And I also think that's why this word desire has this bad raps from some perspectives, like it's connected to the ego and that when we, we should drop the ego and we should drop desire, and we should drop attachment and all of these things. But there are true pure desires that come from the inner space, from the heart that don't have to do with ego. They have to do with us living our truth and eventually being able to consider what is our personal medicine to this earth and how do we show up authentically in a way that's beautiful. But your question is about how do we tap deeper into it? I don't know that we need to go so deep to find these things, but I do think that it always comes back to and down to being able to meet ourselves where we are. Because my earlier example of, you know, waking up and feeling anxiety or like time is already running away from me and I have to meet myself there. That's one example of it. But there are other times where I'm feeling like really sensual and slow. And I just want to be in this energy of smelling the, the flowers, like the birds and moving and feeling the sunshine on my skin. And it feels gorgeous. And I also have to meet myself there where I am because there's sometimes this impetus to run away from pleasure in these moments. And if we want to really feel our desires and follow through with our desires, we need to be able to be in pleasure. We need to be able to be in a space where things feel good and they feel expansive and we can trust that we can live here. You know, we can't always be in this mode of wanting to dream and create. We have to be able to be in the dream, you know, and live in the dream. That's the only way we can move forward if we're able to experience that pleasure. I hope that answered the question. Yes, yes, I love it. And what do you do? Like, say it's a busy day, you have to be doing, you know, you're at work, someone might have a job, you know, where I think for us being entrepreneurs, you have your own space, you know, you can kind of maneuver a little bit more with that time and space. But say you've gotten that hit of like pleasure, you're in an office and you're like, oh my God, I have this desire of just, I'm feeling sensual. What would you recommend to someone that's experiencing that and acknowledging it instead of just like, oh, no, but I have to do, you know, I'm a mom. I have to take the kids to school. I have to do, 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 you know, check, check, check all these things off the list. Like how do we tap into that desire or that pleasure that might've shown up because we heard it that day? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. And um, I think that this is about just going right to the core here. It's about worthiness, feeling worthy of being able to take the, the time. Time is not real, by the way. Let's just reiterate that. <laughs> I know we haven't said it before, but I just need to reiterate it for myself. The time is only a function of this reality, this realm that we live in. And we don't always have to abide by time. Like, 
at this time I have to do this and I only have 15 minutes to do this before this. Do you only have 15 minutes to do that? I'm talking to myself too. Do you only have this amount of time to do that? Or is it okay to play three songs on your Spotify playlist to enjoy and not just one? You know what I mean? To extend Mm -hmm. the time of pleasure just a little bit more without it needing to be only a little bit more. It's just that you, we are reveling in the time and space that we have because the present moment is the only thing that we really get to experience. So coming back to your question, like if we're in the midst of doing all these things and we feel that pleasure is accessible, but we want to cut it short, we have to really allow ourselves the perspective and space to say, no, I deserve to be in this moment for however long this moment lasts. You know, I know it's really, really, really tricky. Like I I absolutely know that, which is why I have to also mention that there are a million people in this world who are committed, just like me, to supporting us in being in those moments of being held, of experiencing pleasure, of coming back into ourselves, coming back into wholeness, coming back into the body and not just the mental space. I mean, I do it through my work, this creative embodiment work, mixing the body, the somatic experience, the sensual experience with the more spiritual experience of creativity, of writing, of connecting through these pleasure senses. And it's also a lot of a deep release of trauma of understanding yourself in this deeper, darker way and integrating into a whole being that sometimes is not done on our own when we don't feel like we have the right skills, the right space, the correct objectivity from ourselves to be able to do the work. But there are many people in this world who do. So we can work together. You can go to a local yoga class, you know, a meditation. There's tons of resources online just to be able to, and especially for working in the constraints of time to to be able to set aside that time for ourselves to do something completely unrelated to the dues of the day and all the other people who absolutely matter. And guess what? After being able to say, okay, I have this hour and a half for this session with Nkem, or I'm going to go to this yoga class. It's new for me. I don't know it, whatever. Or I'm going to do this online meditation that I found. The people in our lives or all those other responsibilities and obligations become so much richer. We actually want to be there because we have more of ourselves to give when we show up. And we're also able to be in a receiving mode because we learned and started to cultivate using your word, being able to receive because of the other spaces that we've, we've set aside for ourselves. If that makes sense. Yeah, this is beautiful because I think what we need to focus on, like you're saying, you know, with time and we could go deeper into this, or we could do part two of this podcast, you know, about worthiness time. We were even talking about before the recording, being empathic and setting boundaries. And, you know, when you're traveling or even when you're with family and stuff, but share with us, because it seems like you've been mastering this for many years now. Like you have a true understanding of yourself, of your energy of being in alignment, being misaligned, you know, and how to come back to that alignment. Tell us a little bit about your workshop that's coming up, because I'd love to share with the listeners in case it's something that they want to jump into. If you if you're listening and you're feeling in alignment within Cam yeah. and like this conversation and where we're taking it, please share with us how they can find you and experience more in depth this whole conversation. Okay, sure. And thank you for the platform to do so. So I'll start with a writing course that I have going on. It's called Heart Translation. It's actually upcoming this fall, October and November 2023. And our enrollment closes September 25th. So the timing is really good. And this workshop that we had, so there are two things, but the workshop feeds into 
the course that's coming a little bit later. This free writing workshop is happening September 9th, 9 a.m. PST, 12 p.m. EST. And it'll be 90 minutes. It's a group workshop and it's called Meeting Your Inner Child. It's actually an extract from the larger heart translation course. And Meeting Your Inner Child is the first module of the course. And that's, once again, as I've been mentioning on this episode, meeting yourself where you are, but in this case, meeting your inner younger self. I mean, the inner child is always there and it always shows up in different ways, different ages, different aspects, different versions. And it's always speaking to us in some way. And I know that there are always messages that want to come through to support us in this very present moment, you know, or things that we need to release and process. And so being in this space and this workshop on September 9th will be a time to come into connection with the inner child, find some clarity on what is present in the moment. I keep all of my offerings very intuitive and very timely because I think it's where the magic is and that's what I have access to. And also to not just to do this deeper inner self-healing work and connecting vulnerably powerfully in community, but also to produce some really beautiful written work because we'll be working with poetic language, poetic musings, and free writing. It's just, it's gorgeous what we can create. I think it's a really good space for those who kind of feel like maybe there's something there, but I don't consider myself creative. During a space like this, you find out just how creative you you are and to do it with other people is very beautiful. So yeah, I could definitely share the link to that. And hopefully within um, an experience of that workshop on the 9th, you feel like maybe you'd like to join the larger heart translation course, which I can also share the link to, which will be eight weeks together on this journey of understanding what the heart is saying, understanding desires. Each week moves through something different, meeting your inner child, meeting your tenderness, meeting your darkness, meeting your anger, your vision of love, meeting yourself. So there's a lot to explore and I'm just, I'm here to support the exploration of that. I love it. I'll definitely see how I can move things around because it's Saturday morning. Usually it's with family, but as we've all heard, September 9th, it'll be 9 a.m. Pacific and whatever that 12, I guess, Eastern. Yeah. (laughs) And if you're listening to this podcast past the date, make sure to go to the show notes and check out other offerings that Inkem has, you know, like she's saying with all of this, this has been fabulous. And I would love to go deeper and maybe do a part two, like we were talking about with time, with worthiness, maybe even going deeper with inner child, you know, cause I think inner child work is beautiful too. But as we're wrapping up and Cam, what is one thing that you could, a piece of advice to live a life with more courage for listeners? Mm. What's coming to me immediately is to say that you can, you can do it. You can live a life with more courage. I love it. That's like Henry Ford's quote, you know, if you believe you can, you can. And if you believe you can't, you can't, you know, so it's very simple, right? It's great. It's so simple, but sometimes we forget that is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I completely agree with it. This has been a pleasure to have you here and thank you so much for your time. I look forward to staying connected and having you back. Thank you so much, Tanya. It's been such a pleasure and I super appreciate this platform and all that you're doing for all of us who resonate with you and your offerings. Thank you. I am so grateful that you joined me today. If you enjoyed it, there's one thing I'd like you to do. Click on the follow button so you don't miss a single episode. Leave me a rating and a review and please share. As my way to thank you, Email us a screen grab of your review at the email in the show notes 
and we will send you a free Crafting Your Future guided visualization, which is so simple to do with outstanding results. It will empower you and give you the confidence to attract and create the life you've always desired. See you in our next episode.